Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology. I want to say hello to all our street talkers this morning. Hoping you're taking your sound theology and bringing it to the streets. Again, shout me out. Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail will be my honor to interact with you concerning any theological issue. Um, you know, uh, I am excited. Uh, we still got Michael. We got Michael Cruz here again. And, you know, we uh, didn't cover as much as, um, you know, when you get uh, when, when you get me and Michael in a room, we, we, we were trying to cover a few more topics, but we we both like to expound. And it's very important. So I want to get right into this and delve into this. We were speaking about last time about some of the uh, infiltrations that are happening in the the public school systems, but namely uh, K-12 we're speaking about, but still it, all, all inclusive in that area. So here's the question. Uh, Michael, just uh, let the audience shout out to them, let them know you're doing well, and, and then I'll ask you a question that you can expound on. Well, Pastor, thanks again for having me. Um, it's, it's a pleasure. My name is Michael Cruz. Um, for those that didn't initially catch our first uh, interview, I uh, former middle school teacher, educator, and uh, administrator with the local school district down here in the city of Casa Grande. But currently I serve as the chief of staff for uh, Chairman Stephen Miller with the Pinal County Board of Supervisors. So a lot of my background has been focused on government relations, and but also public service working in schools. So um, I, I'm excited to be here and to continue our conversation, Pastor. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Michael, for coming again. Um, okay, loaded question. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. How does curriculum enter the public school? How do, how do you get curriculum to be okayed in the public school? Can I just go there and say, hey, uh, Michael, can you uh, put this? Can we teach Ephesians or something? <laughs> I wish. I, I wish we could teach Ephesians in public schools. Uh, uh, our, our country would be a lot better off. But, yeah, praise uh, you know, Pastor, that's a, it's a, a good question. And it's a question that many don't know the answer to. And it's very simple. Anytime a public school um, in the state of Arizona, K-12 public school wants to adopt any type of content and curriculum, whether it's a primary source of cu curriculum or supplementary, um, it has to go through an adoption review process and a community review process. So what happens is the district assigns a team to identify different perspective providers for content and curriculum. And what they do is they take the items they want. So like, let's say for ELA, English language arts, math, science, they find all these different groups. They're like, this is the topics. These are the, this is the curriculum we like to have. We feel it meets the needs of our children. And what they do is, is there a vote, Michael? Or? Well, what, and then I'm getting to that. Good point is what they do is they push that to the superintendent and the superintendent goes to the governing board who are your elected school board leaders in, in your city or your area. And they go and vote on whether or not they choose to accept and adopt the curriculum or they could vote to deny it. So it does have to go to a, a public vote through your elected school board, but ultimately it starts with the school district and their staff appointing a committee and team to do that. Now, before it gets to vote though, 
it goes through a community review process, Pastor. And what that process entails is they are legally um, obligated to publicize that within their to the people within their boundaries. Hey, we have a we have a community review. Here are the different curriculums that we're looking to implement in our school system next year, whenever that we intend to send to the governing board. During that review process, people like you, myself, and I, and others. Uh, could go in and say, you know what, I really like this because it, of X, Y, Z, or I really don't think we should be teaching this because of X, Y, Z. And that's how they capture the voice of the community. And through that, they could either go back to the drawing board and say, you know what, we should not include this and do this instead because we got a lot of negative feedback or we got a lot of positive feedback on something. How much, so did we'll it, Michael, how much do they um, listen to the voice of the people? very, very rare and seldom that they actually listen. And this is why, because it's not publicly broadcasted in a way yeah. that everyone Who, can get it. I wouldn't even know. You would have like never this. known. And really the way they get away with it. And essentially it's unfortunate because um, you could still abide by the confines of law and policy to publicly post it and announce it. That means you could put it on your homepage or your webpage, your website, and you could put it hidden in a far deep page if you wanted to, and no one will ever find it, but you have met the criteria to publicize it. Or you could put it on the homepage and be good stewards and do what you need to do. But it it's published that way. Not too many people know just because not too many people are involved or really look into that or ask questions. And um, for people that don't have children in the school district, they're completely lost and clueless to really what happens. Exactly. So I'm a little interested in a term, and I heard the term, but does supplemental material have to be voted in? And, and if it does, what is that term? Because I know that when I was reading your your paper, that's the thing that, that um, really caught my eye. This is something that can be used if wanted, or they can say we... Does that have to be supplemental material has to be voted in also? Is that the teacher's discretion or? No, that's actually at the at the governing board's discretion. It does have to be voted in, okay. uh, Pastor Dominic. It has to be approved and voted in. Now, the, just to for the audience, just to, to frame it, you have two forms of curriculum. You have your primary curriculum, which is your core content, which is your English language arts, your main book. Think of it like this. If you're a Christian, your core curriculum is the gospel. It's the Holy Bible, right? Right, exactly. And any supplemental curriculum. Like commentary, you would yeah, say? Yeah. And, and supplemental is something that would supplement that document, okay, maybe got it. scholarly writings or without a doubt. Yeah. So same with the schools, it's supplementary, uh, supplementary content. Um, essentially, does it, it, it's not required to be taught, but it's there um, as a tool and tool chest for educators to use and, and leverage and whatever direction they want. So essentially, it's a book in their library, and they can pull it out whenever they want. And that's, that's worrisome. And it's almost like an analytical tool, right? I mean, yeah, it, it really is. And it's worrisome because what happens is if you put books in bookshelves accessible on a teacher's library that are controversial, that may defy the best interest of children or the community, and you have teachers that like those books, for instance, that believe in those books, they're more they're more willing to get those books out and teach it in the classroom. So they're into so if I may, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. They basically, if they want, could infiltrate their own ideology into the classroom Absolutely. with no oversight. Absolutely. Really. Absolutely. And, and that's the fundamental problem here, which is why I took a stand at the um, last governing board meeting um, previously 
calling out attention to these issues is because there's no oversight. Realistically, teachers are the most influential people in our children's life, but they're also the least observed. You know, you and what I, if we go to work, point. yeah, we go to work, point. we have constant evaluations, yeah. evaluated weekly on our productivity. Teachers, for many instances, only are ob- observed and evaluated once a year. And given the constraints of our Why K-12, is that? Why is that? That's the system they have. And a lot of policy for a lot of districts, you know, in the, in the elementary school district in Casa Grande, um, new teachers are required to be observed twice a year. Uh, veteran teachers, which are usually after three years, are observed once a year. And what happens is you could go and, and, and through my experience as a teacher, I had an administrator come into my classroom four times in one year. That was it. Four times did they come into my classroom. Can you imagine a teacher that may have um, you know, some type of ill intent or an agenda with any of their content and curriculum and be able to teach that for that long, that duration of time without any oversight? And that's concerning because there's no accountability um, in terms of teachers. You know, And unfortunately, we go off this notion that teachers, we need to trust them and they use professional judgment. But just as there is bad professionals in every profession, when you when you have one of those that are teaching controversial topics like CRT, which is illegal in Arizona, LGBTQ studies, those there's no oversight. And it's getting into the hands of our children who are the most vulnerable, who put their faith in their teacher, who have a relationship, and they take what that teacher says at face value. And they hold it to heart. And if you had a teacher that came in and said, you know what? You will only be measured by the color of your skin. Your success is based upon what skin color you are. Or you need to learn and you need to love other people that believe that if they are a boy, but they are a girl and they want to identify as a boy, it, it is. And to what degree do we draw the line and stop the participation in the self-image of others, which may go against the, the personal beliefs, convictions, and faith of other students. And, yeah. you know, if you want to teach one thing like that, then we need to introduce the Bible in public schools. Amen. It's only fair. Amen. <laughs> and if, if and I believe that none of it should be taught in public schools, which is why I'm standing up and fighting for it. We teach those at home. We let it be with the comfort in the household. Um, and that's where it should be at, not in our K-12 system. Michael, I'm a little confused in, uh, about something. Now, you says that these materials are not allowed in Arizona, right? So what was the what was the issue that was at the meeting that um, some of these materials are in Phoenix and some are in Tucson? Was, did I, did, what, what was that about? I mean, because I know that the one brother got up from Tucson and he was saying that they had that they had lost. So what is implemented? What, what is implemented in those schools that they felt like that they had lost? So there was a there was a big battle up in, in Tucson Unified and a lot of adults with that idea of um, LGBTQ transgender studies and issues as such. And this idea of in the, in their their position was an interest of being inclusive and you know, equity and teaching all these things. What happened was it really defied a lot of Christian values and people of faith uh, felt that that was crossing the line. And it was even from, yeah. a you know, um, you, you take away 
and not make this a secular, non-secular. This was simply um, an overreach. Mm. And what happened was um, you had a school board and a superintendent that believed what they were teaching was what every child needed to learn and be a part of. And they have the power and influence. It's the elected governing board. They could teach anything they want um, as long as it's voted in. And if you have the votes, you could get whatever you want. And as a result of that, there's been a huge fallout. Um, they have lost thousands and thousands of students. You got to understand Tucson Unified is one of the large, is the largest school district down in, in now, Southern Now, do they Arizona. teach that stuff there? Or? Yeah, they do teach it there. And what happened was you saw over 5,000 uh, families, students withdrawn and put into public charter and Christian schools as a result of those actions. And, you know. So that's going against Ducey's mandate then, right? Well, Ducey's was more geared towards critical race theory. Ah, so this okay. is how they get away. Ah, with it. I, I see it. Yeah. So, what a, yeah. And, 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 but what happens is you're going to get people that will implement that, but also critical race theory and contest it and go to courts. It's happening already um, with the face mask mandates and stuff like that. Everything will go through the courts. But ultimately, the biggest issue is understanding that um, there, it's these topics and these, ideas of study and ideologies are being pushed into our classrooms by people that believe in them that end up voting them in and they're impacting all of our children. And it's important, especially if followers of Christ and Christians across the city of Casa Grande, the state that believe that, you know, those items should not be taught in schools. You need to stand up and speak up, which is why I stood up to the, the school board down here and I brought it up in public comment to officially declare that the actively learned curriculum, which is a supplemental content and curriculum that's currently under community review, that it be rejected because it embodies critical race theory and it embodies LGBTQ and transgender studies. There, there's, there's literature and there's topics in there. I'm talking about non-binary. As Christian, if I had a child in the school system, we, we are believed that God has created man and woman, right? And when you go against that teaching and you try to essentially indoctrinate my child to believe something that my family yeah, doesn't believe in, that's... it's wrong. And more importantly, critical race theory is illegal. And you start to bring in some of the topics in there is involving Black Lives Matter movement, which is a political group. You know, how do we bring in political groups that are controversial to discuss American history? It shouldn't be allowed. It's wrong and it's illegal. And there's something else. One of the spheres of sovereignty is the home. So, uh, in other words, you are, as a father, let's say, you're sovereign over your home. Yeah. I mean, and so, especially if you're a Christian father, your sovereignty over the home would be more biblical, right? Correct. And so you're teaching your children about uh, people, uh, humans created in God's image, male and female, and then they're going to go to school and they're going to learn something different than you're teaching. I mean, that's ludicrous. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna learn the inverse, that you decide what you want to be, whether you are female or male. You have that choice. And as Christians, we know that's not the case. And what happens is when you start to teach that ideology, you're essentially indoctrinating a group of children, people that are vulnerable, that put their trust in their teachers and their commitment, and they trust 
teachers to the degree when you start to a teacher brings these topics up that are controversial, that may believe that, you know what, there is not a God or there's not this, but you could decide, you know, little, little Jimmy, you're eight years old, but you could, you're not a boy. If you don't want to be a boy, you could be a girl. And if teachers, you know, have that agenda and want to push their ideology, they can easily in the school system, which is why I ask for accountability, which is why I ask that these items are not introduced so that there is not an opportunity for that to take place. You know, I want to I want to challenge you on something, Michael, because I I, uh, only because I I don't I have a um, as you know, I teach eighth grade in Lagos Christian Academy. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I and a lot of the some of the students are going to be able to move on and go to a a Christian high school and things like that. But I in speaking to some of the students and, and ones that that I believe or one particular that loves the Lord, their family's not able to afford to send them to, say, a, uh, a Christian school, which is mm-hmm. expensive. So they would have to go to a public school and get indoctrinated with the stuff that you're speaking about. I mean, yeah. it, Michael, can you help us? Can we, what can, can you do? Can you, can what you, can be done? Yeah, please. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, is there any hope for maybe that child to be able to, can we help her go to a Christian? I mean, I don't know. Is there anything that you have no. in your watch pocket that you can, I, I know uh, my, uh, a magic wand, right? I, <laughs> I wish. And, and, you know, um, that's a fair I, question, right? Michael? It is. It absolutely is. And it's something that is near and dear to my heart for first, before I even continue as a former educator, um, when I talk about these issues and talk about teachers pre- pushing certain agendas, please understand that I, I worked with several great educators. I worked with hundreds of educators in my career, great people. There's a lot of great people and not to discount the hard work that teachers do. They do amazing work. They do God's work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I don't want to let a few bad apples taint the whole orchard, but what happens well is, said. you know, mm-hmm. we want to make sure the the bad apples are, are not in there and limited and that tainted orchard doesn't grow. But move, moving a little, on to your, a little leaven spoils the whole lump, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> but going to your point, you know, in a position of um, working in policy and um, with as the chief of staff for Chairman Miller with the Pinal County Board of Supervisors, uh, the chairman is a man of faith. And he believes that children should have access to quality education that is in alignment with their personal beliefs and needs. And he's a big, strong supporter of school choice. This upcoming legislative session, mm-hmm. um, I know he's really committed to working with our state elected uh, representatives and um, House representatives and state uh, senators to identify pathways that allow to expand the voucher programs wow. to provide um, opportunities for students students that are in these unique situations where they want to continue in their uh, traditional Christian and classical approach to learning and to be able to continue that so that that is what their parents want. That is what the child wants. And that's what's in their best interest. Why should we stop it? So I I feel that you're going to start to see um, a revolution of new ideas when it comes to accessibility and school choice for parents and students. And it's, and it's happening when you start to see a lot of these more controversial topics enter the school system, uh, more people are going to want to explore different options. And it's one thing to, to say, you know what, um, 
schools are doing great jobs and, you know, this is the best school system. How dare they? But the reality is over a third of children in our, in the city of Casa Grande, um, fail, fail the, our state standardized test, only a third pass. So almost 70% of our children are failing our academic standardized testing. And, you know, the state average is not much more above. And what's happening is what's going on is the question. What's happening? What has taken place that our children are not meeting standards? But when you look at charter schools, private schools, Christian schools, um, Catholic schools, their test scores compared to public schools are drastically higher. Mm. The question is why? Mm. And the answers can be complex for many, but it's pretty simple. It's, it boils down to you have involved parents, children that want to learn and believe in their learning. They love their teachers and they're in an environment that is conducive to their individual learning needs. So why should we take that away from children? It's unfair. It's unright. And it's a disservice to our taxpayers. So I believe in school choice. I'm a fan of public schools. I'm a fan of charter schools. I'm a fan of private schools, Christian schools. I'm a fan of all schools. I think every child should have a choice. But when you start to um, limit those choices because of certain policies or whatever the case may be, it's not good. And which is why I feel that this will be a successful year for uh, school choice in in the state of Arizona. Michael, we got five minutes and I I got a a question that I know you could probably take you five hours to answer, but I'll make it quick. Uh, no. Um, and I think this is the, this is what better question to close. I, I, I should have left you more time on this. I'm so sorry. We're down to four minutes. What can you do or we do to stop this content from entering the schools? It's probably <laughs> the most important question of the day. How can we stop this? It, it boils down to being involved, getting engaged, uh, a lot, of, a lot of us Christians and people of faith have been asleep at the wheel. Mm. We've taken things for granted. What we see now and the issues we're facing as a result of us not being engaged and involved fully at the level we should have. Um, critical race theory, LGBTQ transgender studies, all these items that are entering the schools and under review for curriculum adoption are a result of us not being involved, not questioning. The only reason this is a topic right now is because... We brought, I brought it up and I had people of influence and merit bring it up as well. Now it's being questioned. Had we not said anything, we wouldn't have had this conversation and this would have been implemented in the schools and who knows what could have happened, but we stopped it while we're ahead and we need to continue to do so. I encourage everyone listening that whether you have a children in our public K school environment or not, if you believe that children should have access to a quality education that does not have any type of critical race theory, LGBTQ, transgender studies, or any type of political influence to stop it, to, mm. to get out there and say no. And you could do so by going to your local board meetings. Um, this particular topic of issue um, is involving the Casa Grande Elementary School District. They meet the second Tuesday of each month. I encourage you to go to their public comment and share your voice. This does not belong in our schools. Our children do not need this. This should be reserved for the comfort of our home and families to discuss. You could go to their website, cgesd.org. That's for the Cascade Elementary School District.org. There's a link to the community review form. You could go online and review the actively learned content, and you will see what we're discussing, these topics. 
that embody CRT and these LGBTQ studies and say, you know what, this does not belong here. We need to stop it. To do so, it takes action. So those listening, it's, it's time to step up, have your voice heard, and let's put an end to this. Go to the school board meetings, speak your mind, complete the public review form, go to cgesd.org, complete it and say, actively learn does not belong in our classrooms. And also to those that want to make a difference at a higher level, get involved, run for office. Um, school boards are very important positions. City council, county level stuff. You know, we, we focus on presidential and Senate races, but the reality is 90% of our life is impacted by local leaders mm. in our communities, our school yeah. boards, our city council and our county supervisors. They create policy that really impacts us daily on the roads we drive, what we learn how we access services. So I've said, get involved, run for office. There's three seats coming up this upcoming election for 2022. You could go to the Pinal County website and learn more about elections and how to get involved. So you need to speak up, be heard and get involved. Brother Michael Cruz, man, I really enjoyed this. You know, me and Michael can probably go on for another two hours, but you Easily. know, but, um, there's a lot there. And, you know, we did this in two shows and I got about 15 seconds, but there's a lot there. And, um, man, we need to step up. I mean, this is serious stuff. And even like Michael says, if, if, if you don't have kids in school, this still will impact society. Um, so, again, this is Pastor Dominic Romaldi with Street Talk Theology. And this is where we bring theology and we bring it to the streets in Jesus name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.